Hello, fellow creatures. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to kill this introduction to sinister sightings. You can call me Mr. Creepster. <laughs> I, I live in a crypt. Some people call me Big John. <laughs> That's only until I scare the fuck out of them. So sit back and try to get comfortable if you can. <laughs> and, and welcome, a paranormal chicks, Donna and fucking Carrie, as they slay you with their stories. Leave the light on if you must. Don't die from getting scared. <laughs> and creep it real. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 91. And you just heard John, the Crypt Keeper, who, I mean, I'm fucking obsessed. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't the Heine laugh. That's what I have to say. So creepy, right? Yes. It was so, so good. Such a great job, John. If y'all want to, I don't know, attempt an intro after John... Head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right. The first one is called True Crime, The Reason I Never Leave My House. Hey, y'all. First of all, love the podcast, and I'm so glad my mom introduced me to you. Please give her a shout out. She just reminded me of this story, and I had to let you guys know. Her name is Audra. I wanted to thank y'all for giving me something to look forward to during the weeks and for constantly making me laugh. I'm probably your youngest listener at age 15, and I have a story that scared me out of going outside. Sorry in advance, this will be kind of long. This story takes place in 2012 in Riverton, Utah. The victim's name is Anne Kasperzak. Sorry, I don't know how to say it. Hopefully you do because they had phonetically written out how to say their mom, Audra's name. She was murdered only a few miles from my home at the time. Anne was 15, and she had a boyfriend named Darwin Bagshaw, who was 14 at the time. As far as Anne's parents knew, Darwin was a good kid. He was quiet and awkward and kind of evasive. Darwin seemed to make Anne happy, so there was no concern. One night... Anne was asleep in her room, and Darwin lured her out of the house, telling her something along the lines of, I want to see you, or I want to spend some time together. Anne snuck out of the house and went to meet Darwin. He ended up brutally murdering Anne with a shovel, fracturing her skull and shattering her forehead. Once Anne was dead, Darwin threw her body into the Jordan River in Draper, Utah, and left. Anne's parents didn't notice and report Anne missing until the morning of March 10th, 2012. Once police were involved, things moved relatively quickly. Law enforcement found a bloody shoe on a trail near Jordan River, which confirmed to be Anne's by her parents. Police interviewed her family, which were all found innocent, and her boyfriend, who had blood on his shoe. Law enforcement confronted Darwin, asking how the blood ended up on his shoe. He told police that Anne had a bloody nose while they were hanging out a few days before the murder. 
Police later found evidence on his phone of him convincing a friend to also tell the bloody nose story, which led to his arrest. Darwin told police that he killed Anne because she told him she was pregnant and he didn't know how to deal with the news. The autopsy showed Anne was not pregnant and that Darwin had lied. What kind of shithead kills someone for that reason? Anyway, Darwin was charged in 2014 in juvenile court, but was later charged as an adult. He was charged with first-degree murder and pled guilty in court. Darwin is now being held in the Salt Lake County Jail with a $1 million bail. Anne's family wishes they knew the reason behind her murder, but knows they will never get one, but are still grateful that their daughter can rest in peace now. Sorry the story is long, but I feel like more people need to know Anne's story. I have never left my house since then, as I was seven when this happened, and it scared the shit out of me. Thanks for listening, y'all. Feel free to use my name, Riley. Gosh, Riley. That's heartbreaking. It is so, so sad. Also, her forehead being crushed by a shovel. 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 Also, I have a big forehead. And I'm just thinking about, like, the pain. Well, because I have a big forehead, like, of course I'm, like, forehead, but crushed. What do you make this about you? That's what I do. I'm a Leo. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but holy shit. A shovel. It is so scary, though, to, like, know who you can trust. But, like, the people around her, I mean, if they if they were describing him as evasive, they had a gut feeling about him, and so... It's important to trust the people around you's gut, Mm -hmm. whether you want to believe them or not. If the people closest to you have a problem with someone, it's probably for a reason. Yeah. And if it's not just one person. Right. Because if it's like one person, then you have to think about like, why? Is it jealousy? Is it blah, blah, blah. But if it's like a consensus of people who don't normally have the same opinion or have nothing to gain, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I feel so bad because there's so many victims there in that story, including you, Riley. And I don't know that again, to make it about myself, I'm glad that your mom, Aldra, like told you about us and we can help keep you company in any way we can. Also, this is a complete random aside, but I love your name. Thank you for writing in. Next one doesn't have a title. Hi, Donna and Carrie. I recently discovered your podcast through Obsessed with Disappeared. Thanks for keeping me entertained through another lockdown quarantine where I live in Melbourne, Australia. And I know that, not to interrupt you, but I'm interrupting you. And I know that we are in July with our emails right now. So right now, the UK, like I know England is in a third lockdown. Like, as of our recording of this. So, this was the Australia in a second lockdown. And now, I know for sure, England is in a third. Wow. Yeah. What the hell? It's never going to end. I was talking to someone about this the other day. And I was like, seriously, I was like, two weeks. Give it two weeks. A bill is going to pass. And then it's going to be over with. And then it was like, and then oh, wait. No, this is for real. This is uh-huh. serious. And then it never ended. I think at this point, there's not very many people who don't know someone who has died from it. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. It's just me and my two kids and lots of studying. 
me studying uni from home and trying to home educate my kids. Your podcast is a sanity saver, and it's like sitting down having a chat with friends, which I so miss. Anyway, I'll get straight into my story. I have a few. I grew up in an underprivileged part of Australia in a house that was quite dilapidated and scary. The house was only three bedrooms, and there were 10 of us living there, so I had to sleep in the garage downstairs with an exterior staircase. The garage was horrible. It was cold with concrete floor and brick walls with open beams in the ceiling. It was also filled with, oh God. The R word? Yes. So I'm going to guess the sentence is, it was also filled with roaches. Yes. And mice. But this was actually the most peaceful room in the house. The problems we had were all upstairs. I slept upstairs between the ages of 10 and 8, and during this time, my sisters and I would see a man in our room maybe once or twice a week. My younger sister used to see him leaning over me while I slept. Mm -mm. One night, she woke up and he raced off down the hallway. We did tell our parents, but they didn't believe us. My sisters were prone to night terrors, so they believed it was simply nightmares. The same sister used to see a severed leg on her bed all the time, too. I used to have nightmares in that room, too. It was just really scary, but my sisters and I used to wake up without underpants on all the time, but my parents explained it as probably kicking them off at night. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I used to be really worried about my mom leaving the kitchen window open at night. I used to wait up until after she went to bed, and then I'd go and close it. I guess I felt something really negative about it. She used to get so angry with me because it used to get so hot at night. So one day my dad tucked us into bed and went out with my mom. We were left home with our brothers who were watching TV downstairs, leaving us girls alone upstairs. The kitchen window was left open. My sisters were already falling asleep, but I felt so afraid, like something was really wrong. I kept staring at the closet because I heard the sound of metal coat hangers hitting each other, inside the closet. I watched the closet door slowly swing open and a man step out of it. He went and looked over my sisters and went to look over me. He was pulling back my blanket when I heard the keys going in the front door and my dad walked into the lounge room. The man immediately jumped back into the cupboard and closed the door. My dad was heading to his bedroom and I called out to my dad. He came in and I told him I was scared and I asked if he could please check the cupboard. So he opened the door and looked inside, except he hardly got the door open when a man came charging <gasps> out of it, pushing past my dad and running out the front door. My dad tried to chase him, but they lost him in the street. I believe this was the man who had been molesting me at night. I thought it was a ghost. I thought so, too. But then it was like, wait, the underpants thing? Yes. Then I was like, "Mm mm-mm. It's not. It's not. that. Like, I mean, people do kick stuff off, but then like, all of y'all kicking stuff off? That's kind of weird. This was the only time something ended up being real, but there were other strange supernatural things going on in the house, too. I was once sitting on the toilet. Sorry, I know it's too much info, but I guess it was just a really rude and intrusive ghost. And I put my face into my hands, like, you know, when you cup your face in your hands? I guess I was bored. I don't know. I was only 12 years old. Pre-cell phones. I guess it was the shampoo bottle shit. Uh-huh. Like, didn't have anything. Just like, oh, my God, can you come on? 
When I went to wipe and I pulled my hands away, there was a face looking at me, a face that was suspended in midair. But the weirdest thing was that this face was made of colorful pinpricks of light. It was amazing, but scary. I raced from the room without even wiping. I also have one more quick story. This was a dream I had around three months ago. I'm a mama now, and I have two little boys. In my dream, I needed to get something for my son, so I left them with a neighbor and went off to find Queens Park, which was a park I went to when I was a kid. I got in a bus and went on my way, but on the way down my old childhood street, I saw this holiday camp place I used to go as a child, and I thought I'd go inside and say hello because it'd been so long since I'd been there. The camp was so different, though. It was really beautiful. It was a huge garden, like a jungle, with creeks and huge trees and flowers all around. I stepped through the garden and into the building. It had the pool tables and tennis tables it had when I was a child, but there were also three beds, which were made up in old floral sheets and looked so cozy. One of the ladies asked if I was tired and that I could lay down in the bed for a while if I wanted to. I told them no, that I had to go get something for my boys, but I also had a feeling that if I laid down, that was it. I had the distinct feeling that many people had laid in that bed before, to the point where I felt like many people were sleeping in those beds at that very moment. They were fine with it, and I said my goodbyes. They told me I could go back at any time and rest if I needed it. As I was walking back to the front gate, I crossed the creek over a small bridge. I noticed immediately that the further I came to the gate, the more shadow and dark was growing. There was a black goldfish floundering on a rock, and I used my foot to push it back in the water. When I turned to head toward the front gate again, I saw a snake hissing and trying to bite me. I jumped back, but it quickly realized that it couldn't get me because it was cut in half and its tail was basically glued to the ground. So I stepped over it and pressed on. When I got out of the gate, everything in the street was like that sepia tone. I was flooded with the feeling of heavy burden, sadness, fear, anger, everything. Even in my dream, I could feel an intense, sudden weight on my body. I got on a bus to keep going forward to Queens Park, but then I woke up. These stories are all 100% true. I've never told anyone about them except for my husband. So this is the first time actually writing them down. I hope the first story isn't too graphic, but I wanted to share that in particular because I went through bad abuse every night and still struggled to sleep at night, and my parents never believed me. In the end, I actually believed that it was a ghost hurting me. I literally believed that I was haunted. So I wanted to share because I think it's so important that if a child tells you something like this, you must believe them. I could have been saved that suffering if my parents had realized the connection between closing the window and what was happening to me, because it was through that window that he used to get into the house. Thanks for reading and for such a great show. Peace out. Wow. Did not see that coming. No, and I am so sorry you had to go through that and are still living with the ramifications. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Carrie's Webster over here, if you didn't know. Your dream sounds fucking scary to me. I don't know. But also, thank you for sharing sharing your stories, saying that this was the first time you wrote those down and shared. Thank you so much. That means a lot to us. Yes, it really does mean a lot that you trust not only us, but this platform that is this podcast to share that with. And 
shout out to Patrick Hines and Ellen Marsh at Obsessed With Disappeared Podcast for introducing you to us. Or us to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of those. Strike that, reverse it, Willy Wonka style. And give me all the candy. Give me all the candy, but keep that weird guy and that whole that whole scene. Just give me five minutes in that room. Five minutes? Well, what did... I waddle too slow. But you know what I mean? Like, that when they first get to go in mm-hmm. and they get to sing the song mm-hmm. before... Augustus, no! Mm-hmm. When he fucking ruins the river. Yeah, like, why? Why? This is why we can't have nice things. Motherfucker. Like, just that that scene, that is one of my favorite scenes. Me too, I want to know everything. And you know when he takes a bite out of that, like, that, flower. The, yes! The, the teacup that's really, yeah. the, yes! You know that's probably waxy as shit. It's but nasty, like, which you just fucking want it so uh-huh. bad. And, and like, the gumdrop thing. Yes, and then when he kicks the when he kicks the balls that are mm-hmm. really good. And then when the mom that's a teacher, like, gets that big glob of goodness. Uh-huh. Ugh. We've been big our whole lives, people. Yes. <laughs> it comes from the inside out. <laughs> from our brains to our toes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, this one's called, It's Not You, It's Me, For Reals. Hey, ladies, I'm so excited to have found your podcast. It combines two of my favorite loves, true crime and all things paranormal. I could tell you loads of stories, but I'll just start with this one. I've been having experiences for as long as I can remember. One of my very first memories is seeing something super creeptastic by my dresser in my bedroom when I was very little. We moved out of that house shortly after that, and our new house didn't disappoint with all the new activity. Of course, I was a child, so definitely wasn't as excited about it as I am now. One evening when I was around 17 years old, I was woken up around 2.30 a.m. by the sound of my bedroom door opening. We had a cat who could somehow open doors, so I just assumed it was her and waited for her to jump onto my bed like she usually did. Except she didn't. And then, the light outside of the common area between the bedrooms turned on. So I got out of bed and looked to see who could possibly be up at that time of night, other than myself, obviously. No one was there. And the light shut off while I was standing in my doorway looking around. I held my breath and closed the door super fast and got back into bed. All at once, I heard this awful ringing in my ears and felt this heavy pressure on my chest and couldn't breathe or move. It seemed to last forever, and I don't really remember what happened once I could finally move again. And I had never been so scared. I probably would have dropped dead right there if I wasn't already laying down. Once morning came, I asked my parents if anyone had been up that night, and they both said no, and my siblings said no as well. That was probably the single event in my life that got me so interested in the paranormal. But thinking back, I'd been having experiences all along. I'd love to share some more of my experiences another time because all this crazy seems to follow me no matter where I am. Thank you so much for reading and making me laugh daily. Creep it real gals. I feel like I haven't said this in a long time. And I mean, even though we got a bad review about me saying it all the time, don't fuck with my sleep. (laughs) I mean, honestly, though. I mean, it's just fucking rude. Right? Mm -mm. No. 
Look, I'm still that person. When I shut off a light, I like run into another place that has a light on. So for you to be standing there and the light to go off, I would scatter like I would disappear like, like a, roach. a Look, I was going to say it, and did you see that I had, I like mm-hmm. backtracked because I well, was like, you said scatter like a, uh huh, and I was like, whoop, gotta go. <laughs> you had to scatter like one. Oh my God, don't even talk about it anymore. It's because they had it in their story. It is. I'm going to see one tonight. I just uh-huh. know it. I'm talking it up. Oh God. I can't do intention shit for shit, but I can fucking talk a blank into existence. Mm hmm. One of us is going to see one because we it's come up too much. Oh, please be you. Luckily, I got Colby to uh-huh. kill it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't be me. Because, you know, all I'm going to do is scream and yell for him. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like when you shut off a light and you're like, oh, got to go to the light. Like, got to go over here. I do that. Like, I will run to another place. No, I legit won't. Not in this house because mine is like more open. So it's like, meh. But in my... I don't like hallways. No, you don't. And so legit, like, see, Carrie's hallway has two lights, so you can keep it on. My parents have a hallway, and they have one in, like, the middle. Their light's in the middle. And I would, like, do it. And I don't know why. Hallways freaked me out. But, like, I would run into the middle of the kitchen area, and that would be, like, my, like, safe zone. Like, the ghost can't get me here. All the way until I got to the living room. And then I'd be like, oh, my God, do I hear something? Oh, my God, it's just me breathing. Yes, right. <laughs> <sighs> but, yeah. Well, send us all of your stories because we do want to hear them. All right, the next one. Hi, ladies. I just started listening to your podcast, and I am obsessed. I've never really been into the paranormal because I'm a huge scaredy cat. But your Sinister Sightings episodes have become my favorite things to listen to. Here's a little story of the creepy shit I've witnessed. First one, a little backstory. Like I mentioned above, I'm a huge scaredy cat. I was a child who had to sleep with the lamps on and music on. I was terrified of the dark and the quiet. Because of this, I used to wake up in the middle of the night and crawl into my parents' bed. One particular night, I believe I was seven, I woke up and went into their bed just like a regular night. Sometimes they would wake up right when I got in there and take me back to my room. So this night, I crawled in towards the bottom of their bed, hoping it wouldn't wake them. I settled in and went back to sleep. I'm not sure how long it had been, but I was suddenly awoken by the feeling of someone grabbing my foot, which was hanging off the bed. I bolted up, thinking it was my dad trying to get me back to my bed. I felt around and found both of my parents lying perfectly asleep beside me. After that, I just thought that maybe my brother had came into the room as well and maybe just grabbed my foot for whatever reason, so I fell back asleep. Fast forward to the next morning. I was trying to find my brother to give him hell about grabbing my foot and scaring me in the middle of the night, but I couldn't find him anywhere, so I asked my mom where he was. She reminded me that he had spent the night with a friend and would be back soon. I'm now 25, and to this day, I have no idea what grabbed my foot, but it still haunts me. I refuse to let any limbs hang off of the bed while I'm sleeping for the fear that something will grab me again. My parents built our house, so I know no one's died in my house. However, there is a small graveyard in the woods right next to my house. Is my house haunted? Maybe so. 
Thank you so much for listening to my story, and I'll try to remember some more creepy graveyard stories to send in. Creep It Real, with love from Atlanta, April. Damn. Uh, I'm with you. I do not let anything hang off of my bed. Mm-mm. If I get close to like my feet hanging off for some reason, because some reason I will scoot down in my bed. I'm very weird about that. And I'm like, mm-mm. My toes are a little dangly, like, scooch on up. Like, mm-mm. You would have to be laying halfway down your bed, like, like legitimately. Your shoulders would have to, or practically have to be at the damn halfway mark for your toes to hang off the edge. I'm telling you, I squish down. You really do. I don't know why. I mean, to each his own, whatever's comfortable. But yeah, I don't let anything dangle. All right. First off, ah, I freaking love you girls. This happened about 15 years ago. I lived in Saline, 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 I don't know, County, Arkansas at the time. I had a friend who knew I was sensitive. My friend called me one night from her sister's house freaking out. They had just reorganized her four-year-old son's room, and now crazy things are happening, like the room door slamming shut and no one could get in or out of the room, then it would just open. Now, mind you, I've never been there and had no idea at the time where this house was. I said, you moved a dresser by the door. Your spirit does not want it there. Move it and he will be happy. They were like, hell to the gnaw. You come here. Now, while I was talking to them, I was getting the worst migraine. Sick, dizzy, short of breath. I finally said, okay. And found my way to this house. It was located off this set of curves that are called dead man's curves. They are bad. I've never felt comfortable going on this road. Now I know why. On with the story. I made my way 10 o'clock at night to the house, walk in, and bam. I was led by spirit to the room and dresser. I said, just move it over there, pointing to the corner directly across from it. They said, that's where it was. I said in an aggravated tone, I feel due to spirit. Then move it back. I then said, there is more to this house than this. Underground? They said they've been down there once. Totally spooky. I felt led to go there. I walked down the stairs, got to the threshold, and was shoved in my chest backwards. Stumbled backwards and felt, no, get out. My entourage left me, hightailing out of there. I gathered my senses back and crossed the threshold, even though I feared for my life. No shit. Down there was all underground, no windows, and it was like a small apartment. I walked around praying the Lord's Prayer the whole time. I truly felt threatened being there. I went to the kitchen area, and above the sink was a piece of plywood. I pulled it back, and I shit you not, there was a tunnel. I could smell fire, hear screams, wailing, felt a sense of dread. I kept praying and asked Spirit to stop. No one is here to hurt him. I went back upstairs, and we moved the dresser, and my headache immediately went away. I asked if there was a barn out back. They said yes, but a long time ago it had been burned. 
I had them ask their landlord about it. He refused to answer and stated, you stayed longer than I thought you would. As for my friend's sister, they moved out the next day. I felt it was an underground railroad, and once people crawled to the barn, they were found and burned alive. I found this map. The green area is the Arkansas Underground Railroad. I was in East End. By car, it's only a 15-minute drive. I pray it wasn't what I felt. I can hear wailing, screaming, and cries to this day. Some of our history truly sucks. Creep it real and run like hell if you're scared. M. Wow. I just want to feel, I think you said this, Carrie, before. Like, I want to feel what y'all feel when y'all are sensitive like that. But also I don't because that story just scared the shit out of me thinking, like, to feel like, no. I don't want the terror, but I want to know what you feel and how you know that. Mm-hmm. Also, your friends don't call for help when you're like, hey, move the dresser over here. Things will be good. It's like, but I don't want to do that. Then don't be calling me for help. Yeah, like, I'm legit telling you it's going to be cool if you move it right back where it was. I'd be like, done. Consider it done. Carrie, help me. Move the dresser back. Mm-hmm. And it could be a stop on the Underground Railroad. That's really sad. And fuck people sometimes. Really? Sometimes people are so amazing and rise to the occasion, and sometimes you just want to punch them in their fucking trachea. Yeah. I think we recently watched a Ghost Brothers episode. It's like one of their older ones, but at one of the watch parties, and I think it was one of the stops on the Underground Railroad, and it just... Just hearing history and stuff, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Again, usually history is like so much worse. Like just nor- quote unquote normal shit is so much worse than like the crimes committed mm-hmm. that we talk about. Things that were legal to yeah. do. Yep. All right. This one is true crime or so they thought. Hey, y'all, I sent in a story recently about the house I lived in briefly with the help me on the walls, but I have a different kind of story for y'all today, a true crime story, or so they thought. And y'all, if y'all haven't listened to last week's episode, that's where that story was, and that was fucking creepy. That was a fucking doozy. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is my dad's story. He was born and grew up in the town I was born in. Actually, his parents' house, which we still own, was right down the road from my house growing up. But when my dad was a kid, the area around their house wasn't fully developed. And across the road from the house was a wooded area. Side note, some of this was still around when I was a teenager, and we would get into mischief out there sometimes. I love that little aside, like just Mm -hmm. beachy dubs, you know. My dad and his little friends would go out into the wooded area and play as young boys would, especially in the early 60s. So my dad and one or two boys from the neighborhood, I don't remember exactly, were out there playing. And what do they happen upon? A corpse. A freaking corpse. One of the kids had a large stick and he poked the body with it and it didn't move. They all noped the fuck out of there and ran home panicking. My dad got home first as his house was right on the edge of the wooded area, and he ran inside to my grandmother, who was a homemaker, so she was always home. He was stuttering and spewing out what they had seen. Well, she didn't believe him. 
He was her third child and youngest by a lot, so she had been around the block with the kid nonsense. But then the other friend's mom phoned over, and so she started to believe him. I'll take this moment to insert a bit of color here. Around this time, in our little corner of Texas, there was a guy named Kenneth Allen McDuff, or the broomstick killer. Oh my God, Carrie, I mentioned him in the yogurt shop killing. I mentioned him. But she said, Carrie, you should cover this. So definitely. He is known to have committed at least one murder in Temple where this story takes place. Anyway, back to the point. My grandmother calls the police and they go out to investigate. Sometime later, she gets a call back letting her know what's going on. See, up the road from them, I'd say five to six blocks, and across the main road in town is a huge hospital, Baylor Scott and White, pretty much the only reason Temple is around. It's a teaching hospital. Well, what do med students need to practice? Cadavers. Apparently what happened was when transporting some cadavers to the hospital through some dirt road, one had fallen off. How they failed to notice that they dropped an entire human body is beyond me. So my dad and his friend, who were convinced that they found a murder victim, actually stumbled across a rogue body donated to science. Wow. Not the turn you would have expected. I added the McDuff info because when my dad told the story, I thought that's where it was going. I hope I gave y'all a laugh. Love from Texas, Sharice. Wow. Holy shit. Well, one, they still found a dead body, though. Yes. That's still wild. Yes. And I love that he had a big stick. Of course he had a big stick in the wooded area. You know, like. Yes. Uh. Also, when you read that, though, you legit sound like you said he had a, not a big stick. Oh. That he said it with, and I was like. <laughs> I think what she said, Carrie. <laughs> That's on the adult after the adult, time. Yeah. yeah. Take that, big brother after dark. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast. I can't even remember which one it was that I was listening to, but it was, I think it might've been the story I did last week. I can't remember, but that just reminded me how like when people find, yeah, I think it was last week. Anyway, when people find dead bodies, they like, I wasn't sure if it was a mannequin or not. And it's like, the podcast was like, it's never a mannequin. Yeah. There's never mannequins just out about laying around. Like it's always a body. I don't know. This story just reminded me of yeah. that. Yeah. It really was a body. Yeah, it really was. Until I swear to God, I'm going to call in one time because I'm going to be like, oh my God, Carrie, it's a dead body. And it's going to be like, ma'am, that was a mannequin. And we're like, it's never a mannequin. It's actually a mannequin. This it was time. a mannequin that time. <laughs> we're going to be like, oh my God, y'all, we're doing a TikTok because, oh my God, we actually did something. No, never mind. Never mind. It's a mannequin. Also, though, why do people have mannequins around so much? Like, in your stories, there's always some mannequins. The person who, he had, like, a lot of mannequins. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how people have mannequins? I don't know. It, sorry, that went on a mannequin. And it had that, literally nothing to do with the story. You you put me I on know, that. I know, I brought it up. You know how my brain works. I know. But also, you did give us a laugh because, no, did not think about that. Poor kid, Dad. Poor kid died. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah but a kid, his a, kid, a, kid version. Kid version, yeah. Huh, poor kid, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, Scooby-Doo, the juniors. <laughs> 
God. Fuck Scrappy Doo. <laughs> no, Scrappy Doo wasn't around I, then. I know. I know who you're talking about. All right. The next one is True Crime Ish. Hey. So I've been listening to your podcast for a month now, and I love it. I've gone back to the beginning, and I've been listening to episodes randomly. I'm a true crime podcast fanatic. I don't even listen to music anymore. I love the paranormal aspect of your show, even though I always say no to my fiance when he suggests watching a scary movie, but I will read the plots to them on Wikipedia. And then she did like a, like, but she like drew it with like a dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I love those. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the sinister sightings, so I've decided to write in. Here are two stories. Story number one, Tortilla Thief. Well, I'm already pissed. It was summer break, and I was 13 or 14. I'm not sure where my brother was, but both my parents were at work, so I was home alone. I was walking to my room from the living room, and from the archway leaving the living room, I could see the blinds from my brother's room moving. Where did that wind come from in the middle of the day during the hot A of summer? As I was looking, I see an arm and the top of a head coming through the window. I ran to the laundry room and grabbed the phone. My dumbass decided to hide under the dirty clothes in the laundry room and call my mom at work. Just as my mom says hello, my uncle, who lived in the renovated shed in our backyard, walked into the laundry room. He had tortillas and other snacks from our kitchen. He asked what I was doing. I lied and said I was looking for a shirt. I hid the phone under the clothes. And then he told me not to tell my parents he broke in to get food. After he he left, I grabbed the phone and told my mom what happened. She was pissed. Who knows how long he had been doing it. She told my dad, and my dad talked to my uncle. I avoided my uncle at all costs, and shortly after, he moved away. Poor thing. (laughs) I don't know whether to laugh or be like, bless your heart. (laughs) Like a little combo. Like, how terrified are you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He was, like, breaking in to steal food. Yes. And then, like... Don't let him see that I was actually, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, because you're like, oh, it was just him, you know? Yeah. And play, then play it cool, play it cool. But then also, pretty shitty of him to put you in the middle of that right? as a kid. Don't tell him. No, not okay. Don't put kids in the middle. Yeah. Story number two coincidence. This story is about a missing person. While attending undergrad at Humboldt State University in Northern California, I was on my school's newspaper. For some reason, I was assigned to report on a student who had been missing for several weeks. We'll call him J.L. J.L. was older than most students. He was in his early 30s and had dealt with mental health issues in the past. Most suspected that due to his previous mental health history, he had run away. I interviewed his roommate and former girlfriend. She said he did have his, quote, demons, but he would never just leave without telling anyone. While interviewing her, I found out they used to live in my current apartment building. The story I wrote on JL published, and the day after publication, we got mail addressed to JL. We were living in the same apartment he had lived in. We had been living there for a few months and had never received any mail addressed to him. 
I didn't open it, but from the outside, I could tell it was from a medical facility. I thought he had checked himself into a facility, and that's where he had been. And since he was older, they wouldn't need to contact anyone. I thought maybe this was the key to finding him. I told my newspaper professor, who was literally like, meh. She wasn't as excited as I was to learn that maybe this could help find JL. Unfortunately, before I could call the police to offer the letter as a tip, JL was found deceased. They suspected suicide as he was found in a body of water and he had no enemies to consider foul play. This happened in 2013, which was a strange year as another student died in a crash and a professor also passed away. Our school was small, maybe 6,000 attended, so these events were pretty big deals. Thanks for reading my stories if you do. Sorry they were long. Love your podcast. You two are great storytellers and have created a great community. Creep it real and don't get scared. Lisette S. That's a lot to happen for such a small school. Yeah. I mean, not a sm- that's not a small school, but it's not... Like you said... It's like a small town. Yeah. That's a lot to happen in one year like that. Yeah. Wow. How, like, who? What are the odds that you did the story and he lived there? Got the mail that you haven't gotten at all. Like, it's just like uh, that, that word that Donna loves, synchronicity. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one. Sinister sightings. Maybe I'm a medium. Hey, ladies, I'm new to this podcast. I've always been super into paranormal things, so when I found this podcast, I was overjoyed. I have a long commute to and from work, so I've been binging these like crazy. This is going to be a long one, so I apologize. Since I was young, my brother and I have always been fascinated by horror films, scary stories, and ghosts in general. Since I was around 11 or 12, we both noticed some strange things happening in our home. My brother's door would open and close at 3 a.m. every single night. We would see figures down the hall, walking in and out of rooms. The chairs in the living rooms would rock without anyone sitting there. The weird thing is, our parents never noticed these strange things, and they sadly never believed us. Since I was extremely young, I would have vivid dreams about spirits in our house almost every night. When I was around 14, I was home alone and doing homework in the kitchen. A huge crash happened in the back of the house. I tiptoed to my room to investigate. My clock that was drilled into the wall was lying on my desk, shattered. I ran like hell out of there. Leaving my room, I noticed that every plant in our house was shaking, knocking leaves and flowers all over the place. I ran out of the house and called my parents. They, of course, blamed it on the possibility of an earthquake. My brother and I jokingly named our ghost Toby, and it stuck. But my eyes just got wide when I read that because Toby is the name of the demon in that house I'd covered last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Here's where things get super weird. When I was 15, my aunt passed away after a long battle with cancer. The night of her funeral, I woke up hysterically crying and sweating. My mother ran into my room to see what was wrong. I had a dream that my aunt was sitting in my bed with me wearing the clothes that she was buried in. She touched my face and she told me to tell her husband and the rest of my family that she loves us and that we should not worry about her because she's in a better place. 
I called my uncle and he cried on the phone for an hour. I had a dream about my great-grandfather falling one night. I told my parents, so they called him, and sure enough, he had fallen and couldn't get out of the floor. The scariest experience with these dreams is this one. A lady I worked with passed away suddenly. That night, in my dream, she came to me. She was rotting and screaming at me to help her. It was traumatizing. I had no idea what to do, so I held her hand until I woke up. Since then, I've had dozens of dreams where people who have passed have asked me to pass on messages for them. Fast forward to me being 18, I moved out and things calmed down. I had no issues until December of 2019. I had major hip surgery and had to move back in with my parents until I healed and could walk on my own again. When that happened, my mother started smelling cigarette smoke every night at 10 on the dot. No one in my family smokes. So that was really odd. One night, about a week after surgery, I had sleep paralysis. I have never experienced something like that. I was in my bed, unable to walk, of course. I got a strong sensation of a presence, and I immediately started praying that it would go away. I heard whispering in both of my ears, and a strange song started playing in my head. I've never heard it before. I tried to scream for my mother, but I couldn't move at all. It lasted for about five minutes, and finally, I was able to get a few screams out. I told my mom, and she had no explanation for what had happened. I was able to move back home soon after, but I think Toby came with me. My roommate and I have both experienced some strange things. My dog is terrified of the kitchen and won't set foot in there. That's where most of the activity is, such as the microwave turning on and off and strange noises. When I walk past the light bulbs, they flicker and turn off every time. It happens in my house and has even happened at work. One night a few months ago, everything in my house went haywire. I called my mom and stayed on the phone with her for an hour, explaining everything that was happening as they happened. She finally believed me. What a relief. I started doing some deep research from both Google and the good old Bible. I've come to the conclusion that maybe I'm a medium? Question mark. I'm a Christian and I've always heard to never seek out mediums, so the thought of that terrified me. But after my research, the Bible says that spiritual gifts are a gift from God, so maybe it can't be too bad. Maybe this is actually my purpose, and I'd love to hear what y'all think. Thank you so much for reading this. I know it was so long, but I feel like every word of it needed to be said. Love you guys, Anna. Well, the sleep paralysis, woo, that Toby thing got me because it's just like, what a dink that the demon in my story last time was named Toby. Ugh. But yeah, you're definitely sensitive. And I mean, I am not the expert on this, but we do have people who know way more about this in the Facebook group. So plug for that. If you are in there, like I would definitely ask around or if you if you're not, go ahead and join it. But I think it's definitely a gift. I don't think it's anything to be feared at all. Honestly, I don't. I don't really know anything other than like what I've seen, like Teresa Caputo and all them doing, you know. So I don't know as far as like how yours manifests like in a dream like that. But I wonder what that means with that coworker, like how like she clearly had a more negative experience. I wonder why. Like, was she not a good person? Like, did she not like? She might have 
not been murdered, but it might have been like a more tragic, like, yeah, gruesome death. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. I always like to get people who like claim to be mediums and stuff, like what their opinion of the afterlife is and stuff. Yeah, because you know, not everybody that says they're a medium is a medium, but just like with any profession, you have bad apples. That's the thing. People lump every everything into it. It's like, oh, well, I went to one once and they were terrible. They didn't know anything or they were too general. And it's like, well, yeah, I went to a doctor one time and they, you know, didn't listen at all or misdiagnosed me, but not all doctors are bad or, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever, car dealerships, whatever. Like, like you said, it's everything. The people I've went to and had like my cards read and stuff, it's fucking therapy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is what it is. Completely agree. And like I said, people have gifts, people have special abilities, and that is not my special ability, but I'm really glad other people have it. And we're also really glad that y'all are sitting in all these stories because even in a couple of the actual stories, y'all talked about how much y'all enjoy the Sinister Sightings episodes. And we do too. And we really are glad that we've had enough stories to keep doing them every single week. Even though, as you all know, my butthole clenches that we're going to run out of stories. <laughs> so, thank y'all so much. Keep sending them in, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Don't forget, like, review, all the things. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.